sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two of the morning after, live right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Thank you for joining us all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Our number two of a Monday program to start off a new month. It is August 1st, 2022. So let's dive right in. Breaking news on this Monday morning. Plenty more reaction coming your way in this second hour of TMA. Sue L. Robinson, the former federal judge jointly appointed by both the National Football League office and the NFLPA to oversee the disciplinary hearing process for Deshaun Watson, has released her decision, saying that Deshaun Watson has violated the NFL's personal conduct policy and she has recommended a six-game suspension for the 2022 NFL season. There were reports all off-season long that the NFL on the league office side of things, was looking to seek a full-year suspension in 2022 for Deshaun Watson. This falling notably short of that. The NFL has 72 hours to appeal this ruling. If they do decide to appeal, it goes to Commissioner Roger Goodell or somebody he designates to oversee that appeals process. That's where we stand right now. A six-game suspension recommended for Deshaun Watson for 2022. 22. As I said in the opening hour, a person's character outside of the playing surface will weigh far less as it compares to the integrity of the actual game played inside those white lines. The integrity of the game on the playing field will always mean more to professional sports organizations than that of what happens outside of the field. That is the sad reality as we see it here on this Monday morning, a six-game suspension recommended by Sue L. Robinson for Deshaun Watson violating that personal conduct policy of the National Football League for 2022. No fine was issued. A six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson acquired by the Cleveland Browns this offseason in a blockbuster deal and was given a fully guaranteed five-year, $230 million contract. As we look from that odds standpoint, for Cleveland in 2022. Still no win total up for the Cleveland Browns. However, to win double-digit games, 10 or more games this year in the 2022 campaign for Cleveland, that's minus 105. Still an expectation that even if Deshaun misses the first six games of this year, Cleveland can be a double-digit win team. And the odds for the Browns in the AFC North growing shorter on this Monday morning following that Deshaun Watson decision from Sue L. Robinson. Plus 260 overnight, plus 230 this morning. Still the third best price out of the four teams in the AFC North behind the Ravens, who are the favorites at plus 170, and the Bengals, who have the second best price at 2-1. to one. Cleveland is also now 13-1, to one, slightly better odds on this Monday to win an AFC championship. Very important to put that into perspective from that odds standpoint. Regular season markets make playoff, win totals, divisional odds, postseason market in winning 
a conference championship. Again, Cleveland plus 230 on this Monday morning to win the AFC North, the third best price in that division. But it is a number that has grown shorter following the ruling from Judge Robinson. We await that appeals process if and when it might play out from the National Football League office. Hey, welcome quickly to our Sports Grid Radio audience here the second hour of the morning after live on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. Welcome to the show. Deshaun Watson has been recommended a six-game suspension from that ruling from Sue L. Robinson on this Monday morning, six games for 2022. We also got some news yesterday in terms of a contract extension around the National Football League for the 49ers and their wide receiver, Debo Samuel. An off-season of turmoil up in the Bay for Debo, his representation, and that Niners brass, but coming to a good ending yesterday, the Niners are giving Debo Samuel a three-year extension worth up to $73.5 million, more than $58 million guaranteed. Of course, Debo Samuel requested a trade from San Francisco. They did not really seem like they were willing to part ways with their outstanding playmaker, one of the most versatile offensive pieces in all of the National Football League. And it ends in harmony between the two sides as training camp is now underway for the Niners. And yesterday as well, as we continue to go around these weekend headlines on this Monday edition of the morning after, some sad news for an icon and a true legend, a pioneer in the NBA. Bill Russell has passed away at the age of 88, an 11-time NBA champion with the Boston Celtics, including eight consecutive NBA championships for that Celtics organization. He played 13 years for the Boston Celtics, led the Seas to the finals 12 different times, won 11 of them, and won eight straight. Potentially the greatest winner and the greatest champion in the history of team sports. The first black coach in the history of the National Basketball Association as well. A pioneer on and off the court for Bill Russell, passing away at the age of 88. Also a back-to-back -back national champion for the University of San Francisco, including 55 consecutive wins for the Dons, the first undefeated national championship season in 1955-56 for USF as well. Plenty more reaction to the Deshaun Watson suspension. Six games this morning. Up next on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. More reaction and perspective to the Deshaun Watson decision on this Monday morning live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. We are very pleased right now to welcome on Matt Fontana, a ESPN radio host for ESPN Cleveland, joining us here on the morning after on this Monday. Matt, we appreciate you taking the time on what I'm sure has been a hectic Monday morning for you, all following the breaking news of Deshaun Watson's decision today, a six-game suspension has been recommended for 2022. Thank you for taking the time to join us here on TMA. Anytime. You know, and yesterday was a little crazy, too, because we got the news that it was going to be sometime today. And uh, jumping on a, uh, you know, my show's Monday through Friday. My boss texted us. We were doing a, a spaces call last night on, uh, late into the evening. Yeah. And 
you know, Browns fans, they, they wanted this to come to an end as much as anybody. The team, Watson himself, the NFLPA. So to finally have this resolution to this point, we know obviously there's more that can right. play out. But uh, to get to this point, it is, it, it's, it's a good day. An offseason of speculation for sure on what that number would be, the length of the suspension for Deshaun Watson in 2022. Sue L. Robinson, the judge appointed jointly by both the NFLPA and the league office, has issued her ruling that Deshaun Watson has violated the personal conduct policy. No fine has been levied against Deshaun, but a recommended six-game suspension for the 2022 season. As Matt alluded to, the NFL has 72 hours, three days to appeal this ruling if it feels that is necessary. The NFLPA issued a statement late last night saying they would not appeal whatever Sue Robinson's decision ended up being so Matt as we got this news early on a Monday morning a six-game suspension for Deshaun this upcoming season what was your initial reaction technical issues there for Matt hopefully we can have him join us here in just a couple of moments love that local perspective from Cleveland of course Matt Fontana ESPN Cleveland host ECT ESPN Cleveland tonight each and every weekday 5 to 7 p.m. He was taking us through his personal timeline in terms of that reaction to the Deshaun Watson decision as we have shared with you the odds have continued to work in the favor of the Browns following that ruling on this Monday morning now plus 230 in the AFC North I believe Matt Fontana is back with us here on the morning after so Matt I was asking for your initial takeaway when you saw that breaking news this morning of the six game suspension what did you make of Sue Robinson's ruling unfortunate that technology at times when you use a remote production system can't get that insight as we need it here but I'll try to continue to provide that perspective the Cleveland Browns still do not have a win total up on the board on the FanDuel Sportsbook. 31 of the other 32 NFL organizations have had a win total for quite some time available on FanDuel. The reason Cleveland still does not have one, of course, three days for the NFL to decide if they will appeal this ruling from Sue L. Robinson. The NFLPA could also appeal if they feel that is necessary. However, they released in a statement that they would not last night calling on the National Football League to do the same so it's been so interesting to follow throughout this offseason what the odds what the market would look like surrounding the Cleveland Browns without a win total as we awaited what that length of suspension would be for Deshaun Watson in 2022 because there were other markets that you could bet in the futures prices on the Cleveland Browns to win the division in the AFC North early on Cleveland when they gave Deshaun Watson that five-year fully guaranteed 230 million dollar deal they were quickly the betting favorites within the AFC North that market has worked against them starting to work in a shorter way this morning plus 260 now to plus 230 on the FanDuel Sportsbook still the third best odds at this moment behind the Ravens who are the favorites at plus 170 and the Cincinnati Bengals at plus 230 I believe Matt Fontana is back with us. Hopefully that technology is holding up right now. Matt, as it happens all the time with our remote system, things are out of our control. But we welcome that perspective once again. Just take us through the timeline as you laid it out. 
last night reacting to the idea we would get a decision at some point on this Monday. And then early on this Monday morning, the six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. What were your thoughts? Yeah, cross. I know technology issues as much as anybody uh, doing radio. But, you know, starting yesterday into this morning with the six games, that was in the wheelhouse of what a lot of people expect. You know, we started this months ago with the news and, and to write to Deshaun Watson and see the NFL. Point for here, right? They wanted that potential definite suspension. Yeah. Seems as though our audio issues coming up once again. Matt, we appreciate your time. If you can hear me, I think those technology technology issues a little bit too much at this moment. But we appreciate you taking the time. Hopefully, we'll be able to hear from you at a later date. So as we continue to look around what that perspective is for the Cleveland Browns, I was making the point we have had odds throughout this offseason on Cleveland. Not a win total, which you would think would be that baseline context to build everything out from the rest of the way because that's a regular season market, a win total. How many wins are the Cleveland Browns going to get in their 17-game regular season schedule? Because that, of course, that overall record will decide if they are in contention for a divisional championship within the AFC North, if they are in contention for a postseason appearance, maybe in that wild card scenario, in the hunt for a wild card spot, and then what that would set the stage for them in a postseason market like winning an AFC championship. And the market has started to work in favor of the Cleveland Browns on this Monday morning following that ruling in the six-game suspension from Sue L. Robinson. Cleveland to make the postseason even money plus 100 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. To put that in perspective around the other AFC teams, of course, an expanded NFL postseason now. Seven teams make the playoffs. Four divisional champs three wild card spots Cleveland has if I am doing my math correctly the eighth best odds at the moment to make the AFC playoffs the Titans have the seventh best that would give them the final wild card spot if you look at it from that perspective at minus 110 Cleveland just 10 cents behind even money plus 100 plus 260 was that number in the divisional market within the AFC North for the Browns late last night it is now plus 230 on the FanDuel Sportsbook on this Monday morning. The market shortening for the Cleveland Browns. Getting better, as you could say, for Cleveland to contend for an AFC North championship. Still the third best price out of the four teams, but only 60 cents behind the Baltimore Ravens. And Baltimore currently booked as the favorites in the AFC North divisional market. And we showed you earlier to win double-digit games. 10-plus wins for Cleveland right now is... Minus 105, there is at least some thought, despite the fact that Deshaun Watson is set at the moment to miss six games, that Cleveland can still get to 10 or more wins. You would have to think that 10-win mark is a number that all teams within the AFC, given how competitive the conference is slated to be in the 2022 season, to get to that 10-win benchmark, you would think that would put you in contention for a playoff spot in that wild card scenario we'll see what that all means for the Cleveland Browns again as it stands right now Sue L Robinson issuing her decision this morning finding Deshaun Watson had violated the personal conduct policy of the National Football League and has recommended a six 
game suspension. It pales in comparison to what the NFL was reportedly seeking throughout this offseason, a full-year and potentially indefinite suspension for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's legal team, his counsel, has said they are still upset by this ruling, saying he should have only he should have received zero games. Deshaun Watson, again, is in this position because 24 women have filed civil lawsuits against him. 23 of those 24 have been settled at this time. A prop perspective on this morning. From- SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. FanDuel's Tom Vecchio joins the show right now for his weekly Monday spot to give us that prop perspective to start off a new week. There has been a ton of news this Monday morning, but still games to be played, especially on the diamond today in Major League Baseball. So we need that prop perspective to start off a new week in a new month, live right here on the morning after. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Excited to talk some Major League Baseball with you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. We have a good slate for baseball. We're obviously at a very important time of the year for baseball, but also looking forward to the NFL season. We'll touch on uh, another player prop uh, at the end. I love that. I love the look. That's what Tom Vecchio does. He is not just the home run prop king. He is a jack of all trades and provides that perspective at all times first let's start on today's slate in major league baseball tom right now the dodgers at the end of july just two months left of this major league baseball regular season the dodgers had one of the best julys in the history of mlb 21 and 5 straight up a 0.808 win percentage the fourth best month of july in the history of major league baseball since the turn of the 20th century Do we ride the hot hand with the Dodgers today against their rivals up in the Bay in San Francisco taking on the Giants? This is always an interesting matchup, and the Dodgers have, as you said, been absolutely amazing. I would lean towards the Dodgers in this matchup. Uh, There's a player prop I'll look to get here, and I think that this winning rate for them is sustainable. You know, given the fact that some of the news for them surrounding some of their health, specifically for their pitchers with Dustin May and Walker Buehler, who uh, Walker Buehler has been out since early in the year. Dustin May has been out since last year. They're both on the path to returning. It's not imminent. It might not be until September uh, for both of them, but they're getting healthier at, I would say, the best time of the season because we know their pitching staff is great to begin with, and Walker Buehler is a scion candidate. Dustin May, obviously young, a young pitcher who still has a lot to prove, but they can sustain this. <laughs> if they've been this good and not at 100%, there's no reason we should be yeah. doubting them. The Dodgers, a minus 142 road favorite up in San Francisco tonight. As Tom alluded to, this is a very important time as August begins in Major League Baseball. Not only the trade deadline tomorrow, but we figure out who is a true playoff contender in that pennant chase and who is really a pretender at the moment in the final home stretch of these two months of the Major League Baseball regular season. That can certainly be the case for today's matchup up in the Bronx as well between the Yankees and the Mariners. New York booked as a heavy home favorite, as they often are, 
minus 188 against the M's. But Tom, Seattle making moves over the weekend, trying to end that 21-year postseason drought, acquiring Luis Castillo. How do you evaluate these teams right now? And what does that do to your handicapping when you have two playoff contenders facing off against one another? So right from the jump, I have to say that I think this minus 198 line is a little bit much for the Yankees. Uh, I know they're at home. They have the best record in the American League. Uh, but Domingo Herman is going to be on the mound for the Yankees tonight, a pitcher that you know had a rough start in his first outing, kind of settled down a little bit against the Mets last week. But it's still very, very inconsistent. And it's a tough lineup going up against the Mariners. Um, you know, Marco Gonzalez on the other side of the Mariners isn't a big-time strikeout pitcher, but he's not terrible. He's also not amazing. Yeah. He likes to keep the ball down, you know, kind of deadening the ball, medium contact, doesn't allow a whole lot of fly balls, kind of taking the strength from the Yankees away from them. So I'm a little bit hesitant on this line. I think minus 198 is way too much considering Herman is on the mound, but I'm also not super confident in uh, the Mariners with Marco Gonzalez on the mound. So, you know, I'm more interested in tomorrow if Luis Castillo is going to be making his Mariners debut in Yankee mm. Stadium, uh, obviously who was their top target at the, at the trade deadline. So this game is kind of just the stay away for me just because I'm not confident in either of the pitching matchups. It was a couple weeks before the MLB All-Star break that Luis Castillo was in the Bronx pitching for the Reds, and he got a round of applause from the home Yankee crowd because they thought, hey, maybe that's his audition to be in pinstripes following the Major League Baseball trade deadline. He'll be back in the Bronx, but maybe wearing a Mariners uniform this time around. Tom, you're the home run prop king. Have you been finding profitability on one Aaron Judge who has hit nine home runs since returning from that all-star break and has 42 to lead all of Major League Baseball this season. Yeah, Judge is always an interesting option because his odds are always so short. It's, it's not we're not getting an immense amount of value and he can often go for two home runs in a single game. So, you know, he's kind of tough to bet on because he can, you know, get the home run done in, in a bad matchup as a lot of elite home run hitters can do. So even if a pitcher isn't the ideal profile of what I look for, Judge can still get it done. So he's often a player I actually don't go to. I prefer players that have a little bit more value that are in kind of more of a straightforward matchup in terms of, uh, you know, the pitcher being bad at fly balls or whatever it might be. So, Tom, as you evaluate individuals in Major League Baseball because of this incredibly hot stretch for Aaron Judge at the dish since the All-Star break, he's a minus 380 favorite to win that American League MVP award. Do you think it is all but done in that AL MVP race? I do. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, I don't like to say come is probably going to come into play, which I don't like to see, is just the overall record of the teams where what Otani does is unbelievable. And, you know, we're getting to the point where we're, like, running out of words to describe how amazing he is, what he does seemingly every other day. But the Angels are terrible as a team. They're not going to be in the playoffs. They're not even close to a wild card spot. And then, you know, when voters compare that to the Yankees, who have the best record in the American League, you know, that, that could come into play, which I don't like to see. I think we should just be evaluating the, you know, stats for the players. But I think that's what it comes down to. And Judge being this amazing right. for the best team in, in the ALs, I think is going to come into play. So I, I do think it's wrapped up at this point. The Angels 16 games below 500. The Yankees still the best record in all of Major League Baseball. A big couple of days in the nation's capital for the New York Mets. Today on the bump, Max Scherzer is facing off against those Nats. The Mets are a minus 255 favorite. Tomorrow, it's the return 
of Jacob deGrom. Let's focus on today's game, Tom. And you're not thinking about Mad Max and his pitching matchup against the Nats. It's the offense for the Mets that has caught your eye. Yeah, and that would be Pete Alonzo or Starling Marte to hit home runs. Alonzo's at plus 250, Starling Marte's at plus 420, and that's because they're going up against Patrick Corbin, the left-hander for the Nats, who is absolutely terrible, allowing a 521 slugging to righties, 1.65 home runs per nine, a 38% hard contact rate, and a 33.7% fly ball rate. I think that they are both fantastic options. I would side with Alonzo, of course, just a better pure power hitter with a 244 ISO versus lefties, along with a 42% fly ball rate. Uh, Marte is still good with the 217 ISO, not as much fly ball or as hard contact as Pete Alonso. And on top of that, I would also be looking to Alonso minus 110 for an RBI or starting Marte mm. at plus 115 for an RBI because if they're hitting a home run, they're also getting RBI. So I do like to double down a little bit on that when I believe they're in a good spot as they both are tonight against Corbin, who is just terrible against righties. And that's why the Mets are such a big favorite. And that's why you go to the prop market to find those betting angles when you're not going to lay two and a half dollars on a random Major League Baseball game, even if Max Scherzer is getting the start. Can't wait to see what that line is going to be with Jacob deGrom on the bump for the Amazons in the nation's capital tomorrow. But it's not just Major League Baseball, as you saw on that board. It's also season-long props in the National Football League. Tons of quarterback conversation, of course, Tom, on this Monday morning with Deshaun Watson and that suspension as it was recommended from Sue L. Robinson, six games for 2022. But there are props in other areas right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, including a quarterback you are slightly fading for 2022. Why are you going against Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, that would be Ryan Tannehill, the under on 22 and a half passing touchdowns. And this has a lot to do with not only himself, but also the team around him. Uh, so in number five, one of the metrics we use is called uh, NEP, which is NEP, net expected points. Uh, you can look at that overall. You can look at it per dropback, per target, per rushing attempt, et cetera, et cetera. And last year, the league average was 0.10 for quarterbacks uh, per dropback. And Tannehill last year was at 0.07. He was below the league average. And that was last year when he had A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Granted, they both weren't fully healthy for the entire season. But both Julio, Jones, uh, uh, Julio and A.J. Brown are gone this season. Yep. We know that. So what do they do? They brought in Robert Woods, who's over 30, coming off an ACL injury. Hasn't even been 10 months since his ACL injury. They drafted Traylon Burks from Arkansas, and that means uh, Westbrook, uh, Nick Westbrook-Akina would be the third-string wide receiver for Tennessee. So their wide receiver room is all over the place. They're right now ranked 26, their wide receiver core, by PFF. Not great. We have to combine this with the fact that Derrick Henry is also back for the Titans, and he's projected yep. for 2,054 rushing yards, which is more than 200 than the second player, which would be Jonathan Taylor. Combined with the fact that the sneaky little part of this is that they drafted Malik Willis. Teams don't draft a quarterback just to have him sit there. So there's this, I want to say, uncertainty that Tannehill is going to be the starting quarterback for the entire season, yeah. combined with the fact that Henry is all, you know, back and fully healthy, combined with the fact that their wide receiver core is not good. So that's why I'm leaning towards the under as I, I do on most season-long props. There's just too much going against Ryan Tannehill, who's a below-average quarterback to begin with, for me to want him to have, you know, 25 passing touchdowns this year. Because if he has 25 passing touchdowns and Henry has 2,000 rushing yards, this is the best offense in the league. A tremendous breakdown that could also lead to value in other areas because as Tom mentioned those number fire projections 
have Derrick Henry having the most rushing yards in the NFL right now. D. Hen, the second best price to lead the NFL in rushing yards this year, plus 650 behind Jonathan Taylor, who is the favorite at four to one. That's what we learn, the prop perspective, each and every Monday with FanDuel's Tom Becchio. Tom, as always, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. The continued reaction from the Deshaun Watson decision. Dan Lust joins the show up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, now very pleased to welcome on Dan Lust, one of the co-hosts of the Conduct Detrimental Podcast, a sports law professor at New York Law School to provide the legal perspective following the fallout of the Deshaun Watson suspension this morning offered up by Judge Sue L. Robinson. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to give us that perspective here on the morning after on this Monday. My pleasure, Ben. It is a uh, big day if you've been following Deshaun Watson's sweepstakes. Uh, I don't know, it's been a year and a half, and then there was a bidding war with the Browns, the Falcons, the Panthers, uh, and now we are getting to a point where we're getting closer to some finality. I won't say this is the, the end of the, st- the saga because Roger Goodell is still waiting patiently for the appeal, and there's still some civil cases pending, but, you know, this is a big, big day, uh, you know, in this story. Dan, it's been an off-season of speculation what the length of that suspension would be for Deshaun Watson. And then we got some reports yesterday. We would have that decision during Monday at some particular point. We get it early on a Monday morning around 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Sue L. Robinson, again, a judge jointly appointed by both the NFLPA and the National Football League office, has found Deshaun Watson violated the personal conduct policy and recommended a 6 game suspension for 2022 dan what is your initial takeaway to that ruling from judge robinson so initial takeaway is that uh i think it's a little light based on what we were being told the nfl wanted right reportedly the nfl was looking for a one-year suspension and then there were some reports that they wanted an indefinite suspension so maybe not too much to read into there but the nfl wanted more and there's a you know strategy in a negotiation called you know anchoring but the nfl was going for a higher number to really settle at a maybe a lower number. I don't exactly know what that would be. We heard reports yesterday that that number, uh, the lowest the NFL wanted to go was 12 games. So the fact that the number here ends up being six games, um, I view it to be low in terms of what the NFL was looking for. So my initial reaction, right, I I would be very surprised if the NFL just let this stand. Um, I did mention, this is only kind of level one of the disciplinary proceeding. The collectively bargained agreement between the NFLPA and the league basically says this impartial judge can assess a certain amount of suspension, be it, you know, two games, five games, six games, ten games, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, that final uh, appeal goes to Roger Goodell, uh, who uh, basically works for the league owner. So if he wants to, he can increase the suspension to a year. So I don't want Browns fans to sit here today and say, OK, that's it. Week seven, Watson will be available. We don't know that yet. We won't know that for at least another, uh, I want to say, three, four days till the NFL makes up their mind if they want to appeal or not. The NFL does have 72 hours to appeal this decision from Judge Robinson. Dan, what do you expect that timeline to look like over the course of the next three days? 
Yeah, so it's three days to file the appeal, and then uh, Watson said we'll get three days to you know put in their papers to the appeal. And I think the total decision from beginning to end from the appeal process probably takes two weeks or so, two, two three weeks. So I, I still anticipate some finality before week one of the NFL season. But I, I will say this. If you're just looking at what Roger Goodell can do versus what he will do, he has the authority, if he wants to, to increase this to a one-year suspension, if he wants to. You know, the optics would look pretty bad, right? If they appointed an independent judge, a federal judge, who decided and looked at both arguments and said, you know what, I'm going to give this six games, for Goodell just to institute a, a one-year suspension, uh, I just don't think the optics look good. But the question is whether Roger Goodell can do that. The short answer is yes, as we saw during the Tom Brady Deflategate saga. Uh, you know, the commissioner of the NFL is given a broad leeway to decide what he wants to do. And, and at the end of the day, the union and the league decide on this policy together and let Roger Goodell be, in theory, the final you know, judge, jury, and executioner. So, um, you know, I, I don't want anyone to make any predictions here. I know a lot of uh, Twitter lawyers put their hats on for this, but Goodell can do whatever he wants here. And it wouldn't shock me if he spent the thing up to one year. So, Dan, last night we got that statement from the NFLPA that they would not appeal the decision from Sue L. Robinson, and they called on the NFL, that league office, to do the same. I, you say we're not going to predict necessarily, but do you think the NFL, the league office, will appeal this decision from Judge Robinson over the next three days? I think so. I mean, you know, I just I, I feel kind of uh, odd in a, in a case like this where people are predicting the length of suspension. Like, I don't know. Um, you could look at past precedent, and I think there is some support for six games. But, you know, when it comes to a guy like Deshaun Watson, we have never seen allegations like this with respect to the amount of numbers involved. So I, I guess we should point out this suspension, a six-game suspension, was not based on the accusations of 24 women. It was actually based on the accusations of five women. The NFL narrowed down the, um, you know, the, the individuals they wanted to look at for purposes of this potential violation of personal conduct policy. So, you know, in that sense, is it that egregious that Sean Watson got six games when, uh, you know, that's a similar punishment that was given to Zeke and Ben Roethlisberger? No. Obviously, the numbers are much higher when you look at 24. Do I think the NFL will appeal this? I do. Um, I would be very surprised if they didn't. The optics say the NFL wanted a one-year suspension, and then the, they, the lowest they would be willing to go was 12 games. Mind you, 12 games with a very heavy fine. I think the number, you know, they were looking at a $5 million-plus fine. So Watson gets six games and no fine. So, you know, if you just follow league history, be it Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, these arbitrations are usually decided in favor of the league. So I don't know what kind of precedent that sets if the NFL just lets this one go. I, I just don't. Uh, I just don't see that being consistent with their previous handlings, just handlings across all league sports. Uh, but we'll see. But I, I do think there will be a suspension. I just don't know how many games Goodell will, will up this to. But I, I do not want to rule out a one-year suspension since that's what the NFL, a.k.a. Roger Goodell, reportedly wanted initially. It feels like it pales in comparison to those reports that the NFL was seeking a full-year suspension of Deshaun Watson. And Dan, I'm sure you've read the decision from Ju Judge Sue L. Robinson. And part of that decision states, as we got today, that Deshaun Watson's pattern of behavior was egregious, but notes that behavior was, quote, nonviolent sexual conduct. How do you believe this process played out in front of Sue L. Robinson leading to this decision? You know, it's tough. And, and I obviously, uh, I saw those comments. It, it's tough to kind of um, put those two things together, right? If it's nonviolent and you're going to use terms like that, right, then there's this question of whether this constitutes assault or anything like that. So I'm, I'm curious what actual actions Judge Sue Robinson found were violative of the policy if it was nonviolent and so on and so forth. And the other 
portion of the policy that people are, are talking about here, right, is that part of this decision says that Deshaun Watson has to receive massage therapy at the team's facility. They cannot go and seek outside, um, you know, massage therapy, which I think makes a lot of sense. And if we're just talking about NFL contract provisions, right, Kyler Murray uh, has to have four hours of homework each week. It makes sense that something like that would be included in the Watson decision, that he has to stay away from uh, outside massage therapists. Um, you know, I, as for how the hearings went, I think there's one element that has gone underreported. Um, you know, just use, use common sense here. We're talking about guys like, you know, Ezekiel Elliott or Ben Roethlisberger in the history of uh, NFL precedent. There is one kind of elephant in the room here. The most recent precedent on a kind of massage level is, you know, Patriots owner Robert Kraft, who, as far as I know, was, okay. didn't receive any type of suspension, any type of fine. So I imagine that's an argument that Sean Watson's side was making here. If we look at, you know, um, similar NFL owner conduct, why didn't Bob Kraft get suspended, right? Uh, you can look at a guy like Dan Snyder, who allegedly settled a sexual assault claim for, I think, $1.6 million, as was reported. And Watson is also a guy that has settled a number of his civil cases. So, you know, I think Watson's side was making that argument. If you want to make this messy, we can appeal this to, uh, to Cadell, to the federal court, and we can make these really messy ownership arguments and kind of peel off that scab. So, you know, it hasn't been reported on, but I, I would imagine that's the one of their heavy arguments that they were making and were threatening to make public to the extent this thing continued on. Dan Luss, one of the co-hosts of Conduct Detrimental, along with a good friend of this network, Daniel Wallach, who you see on Newswire pretty much every week here across the Sports Grid Network. And I saw both of you, Dan, make that point along the lines that if you hold an owner to a standard and then you hold a player to a different standard, how does that match up from those disciplinary hearing processes as we see right now? So at the time, as Dan has alluded to, it is a six game suspension for Deshaun Watson, but that appeals process can play out. So, Dan, to the best of your understanding, what is Deshaun Watson's status at this moment? Can he participate in training camp? Can he play for Cleveland in preseason games, even as this appeals process potentially plays out? Yeah, I'm not sure of the fine print uh, of this suspension, and I, and I also think during the pendency of the appeal that he can play with the team, right, as we've seen him go to practice. So that's usually the par, par for the course here. Um, but we'll see. I, I want to talk, mention, you know, mention, you mentioned this like six-game suspension. I think we should address the elephant in the room too, right? The, the biggest NFL suspension that's been handed out uh, prior to Deshaun Watson, I believe, was Calvin Ridley's one-year suspension. Yep. So, you know, the attitude on social media right now is you can – uh, you know, I think have a six-team parlay for like $1,000 you suspended for a year, and then you could get sued by 24 different women and get a six-game suspension. So I think the NFL is looking at an optics problem. And so long as this thing uh, remains, uh, you know, kind of floating out here, right? Obviously, the appeal, I think we'll just go another two, three weeks. The other thing, Ben, that we should mention, um, th there's a report today that Watson settled three of his remaining four civil lawsuits. That would mean that there's one left for those keeping track. So that case, right, there's one left reportedly. That is a case that is scheduled for trial in April of 2023. So we talk about optics. This is not going away, this story. As long as there are any civil cases that remain, the story will remain prevalent. And uh, you know, just again, some math for those that are not following it as closely as Dan Wallach and I are on our show. You know, the Houston Texans settled a lawsuit with um, with a number of these accusers about two weeks ago. And the number that were reported that the Houston Texans settled with 30 women. So 24 have filed lawsuits. The Texans uh, settled with 30 women for allegations that the Texans helped facilitate these acts. So that tells you if you just do your Venn diagram of lawsuits versus settlements, 
that there could be another, you know, four, five, six lawsuits that come from this. So this saga is is not yet over. And, and as long as the statute of limitations hasn't run, that's a fancy word for saying the deadline to sue. Watson's still got to be looking over his shoulder for potentially more claims to follow. And I will point out six game suspension for Watson, right? That doesn't mean that Watson can't get suspended again if more lawsuits come forward. So I don't want Browns fans to sit here and say, it's over. Our guy's coming back week seven. Uh, we don't know that, right? And um, so, you know, take, take it right. for what it's worth. I'm just pointing out there is no limit to bring these cases to the NFL's attention. I think it's a great point, Dan, because that was going to be my follow-up question. If this continues to play out in our legal system, could there be additional discipline awaiting Deshaun Watson? And I think it is also aptly said that although it has been recommended for a six-game suspension for this upcoming year, that is not the finality of it. Some clarity on the Deshaun Watson situation, but not necessarily 100% bulletproof. <clears throat> at this moment. Dan, what will you be following as it pertains to that appeals process over the next couple of days that might provide even more clarity for the Deshaun Watson decision? Yeah, I, I think moving forward, right, this was a big change in the NFL's policy that there would be an impartial judge appointed before Roger Goodell. And both sides kind of applauded, hey, we're appointing an impartial arbitrator. But at the end of the day, that fine print still said that Roger Goodell would make that final call. No matter what the impartial judge did, as long as they gave some type of suspension, two games, three games, Roger Goodell could up that to whatever number he felt appropriate. So, um, you know, if Goodell ups this to a year, honestly, I, I think there are going to be a lot of people on the sidelines saying, what was the point of all this? What was the, did we just waste right. a month, you know, hashing this down if Goodell was going to appoint, you know, and, and reinstitute this one-year suspension, a 12-game suspension? And what does Roger Goodell know, right? He's one of our four commissioners, the only one that is not of our major sports, that is not a lawyer. So does he know more than an actual federal judge? That's the narrative that's going to be playing out here. So this is our next line of defense here, what Roger Goodell will do and what he's comfortable doing. So that's certainly what we're looking forward to. Great perspective, Dan Luss. We truly appreciate your time. One of the co-hosts of Conduct Detrimental alongside Daniel Wallach and, of course, a sports law professor at New York Law School. Dan, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Ben. Anytime. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our two hours together here on the morning after live on SportsGrid on this Monday. Sirius XM, channel 159. That's the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. It is a Monday, the start of a new week. It is the start of a new month. August has arrived. August 1st, 2022. This is a month where football will be played. There's an NFL preseason game. On Thursday night, the Hall of Fame game between the Jaguars and the Raiders. And at the end of this month, college football. Saturday, August 27th, four week zero. Soon our bye-bye-bye best bets will be football. But for today, it's baseball. And I'll be very transparent here. With all the breaking news that we had this morning surrounding the Deshaun Watson decision, I didn't get my normal time to look at the board to try to place my best handicap out there for you. So take this all with a grain of salt transparency is the best policy here on the morning after but before we say farewell and before we say goodbye it's time for a major league baseball best bet and it's time for bye bye bye
It's August 1st, but in July, the Dodgers pulled off one of the most successful runs in the history of Major League Baseball. 21 and 5 straight up. 0.808 was that win percentage for Los Angeles. The fourth best July in the history of Major League Baseball since the year 1900. That's ridiculous. The Dodgers have won 12 of their last 15 games, and in 10 of those 12 wins, the Dodgers have covered as the run line favorites. I expect the same for LA on the road tonight in San Francisco against the Giants. I'm Alex Fasano with your Sports Grid News Update. A decision It's actually plus 116. I'll find a plus money price on LA, the second best run line record in all of the bigs, 60 and 41 covering on the run line for a team that is 68 and 33 straight up. That's a pretty good mark. The morning after, each and every weekday, live right here on Sports Grid. It starts at 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Ben Stevens, and we'll talk tomorrow.